Welcome to Musically Speaking, the podcast with your hosts, Lewis and Pedro, where we discuss all things music, the business of music, and making your mark as an independent artist. We're glad you're here. So let's get this show started. This name kept coming up. Who is this guy that I keep hearing about? He wasn't there, but he was right there. The record business, Hollywood, civil rights, anything that had to do with the rights of people. That told you everything you needed to know about him. He was fearless, man. Absolutely fearless. We needed to know him because he was the gatekeeper. He knew everyone. Everybody. Oh, man, he was too fly. One to have for another, he became a powerhouse. There's the power that needs the spotlight, but there's also the power behind the scenes. The guy's a rock in every way. Agent, man. Manager, orchestrator, this mysterious figure everybody respected. You only find one of those people. I'm like, how was this guy doing it? Sometimes I say to myself, how in the f- did I get involved in all this? All right, welcome to another episode of Musically Speaking, the podcast. My name is Pedro. And my name is Lewis. And we are here to chat a little bit about, because I we want you to see this, but... Netflix has a brand spanking new documentary out called The Black Godfather, not to be confused with the 1974 black exploitation movie, The Black Godfather. This one's about music, baby, by Don O'Reilly. Entrepreneurship That's and, right, yeah. and uh, FM radio, which music is involved in, movies. I mean, it runs the, the gamut enter- here. The entertainment business, absolutely, yeah. The entertainment, age, uh, managing agents, uh, you know, the biography... In this case, the documentary kind of goes into big detail about a gentleman that you probably haven't heard much about, but is behind the scenes. And I would even say I've never heard about until this documentary, which is incredible um, and and caught me like super off guard. And we're talking about uh, Mr. Clarence Avant. Yes, uh, Clarence Avant. I've heard that name. And I here's the thing. I know a ton about music. I've listened to a bunch of music. And obviously, I've heard of the many, many acts that Mr. Avant has been involved in. But this documentary goes into some great detail about not just the acts that he was involved in, but some of the the behind-the-scenes things that I didn't even know was going on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And his personality is just infectious. He he reminds me of that that uncle who... uh, who comes to the barbecue and scolds everybody and kind of puts you in place um, and knows everything. Uh, his personality is amazing, man. And I can see why um, he he became what he became, you know, in terms of his stature and his presence and, and what he offered and, and how he brought folks to the table, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you think about some of the folks that became extremely successful, specifically minorities, African-Americans during that time frame. Quincy Jones comes to mind as kind of one of the bigger ones. Their attitude is based on what what they were going through at the time. You're talking about right. folks who were born during segregation. Absolutely. Living through that process, becoming successful and still being seen as inferior, but somehow being mentored by some of the toughest meanest SOBs in the industry. You, you, know? and you said it right there. Yeah. And that magic word right there, mentored. I mean, that's, that's something we, we don't, we don't talk about today, but that, that, that was a huge part of his ambiance um, and his yeah. mission. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ment- mentoring is key. No matter what you're doing, no matter what 
job or career you have, having someone who's willing to take you under their wing and teach mm -hmm. you and guide you is very important. I've had several mentors in my life that kind of helped me throughout my path, so to speak. And I'm very grateful for those folks. Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. and it's not about money. It's not about someone you hire someone to mentor you. We're talking about true mentorship, someone who has your well-being, who who wants you to succeed, who wants you to to fill their shoes or, or, or become even greater. I mean, that's missing. And that that's and that's so important in the development of an artist, uh, developing someone who wants to be a musician, who wants to be an actor, who wants to be take any type of field. When when you find someone who's willing to mentor you and kind of, you know, take you through the ropes, that is invaluable. Yeah. When somebody sees something in you and they're willing to take you on, you really have to hold on to that because it's extremely important. And it's very hard to find these days because the world is so uh, internet driven. You kind of go into your cocoon, into your hole, and you don't have that interaction that you probably were forced to have maybe even five, ten years ago. Right. And, and and that could be problematic when you have people who make decisions not knowing what to deal with or what to face with. You know, Clarence Avant was the kind of person that he was extremely good at relationships, something that we're lacking in today. Yeah. You know, dealing with people, understanding what they want, how, convincing people. Yeah. <laughs> That's to do an art things. form. Yeah. I mean, I can't get my daughter to do anything. So and I, she's she's nine years old. So I can only imagine Clarence telling grown folks what to do. Uh, you know, we we want people to watch this documentary. So we're not gonna go into the nitty, nitty gritty of it. It's about two hours long, and you can watch you can watch it in bits and pieces. It goes into some nice chapters, and I think I wanted to take some time, Lewis, and just kind of talk about some of the parts that we liked from it and what we learned from that kind of moment that we were watching as the documentary kind of give people our feel or our yeah. take yeah on, on what we saw what was something that you saw in that in the documentary that you were like hmm I, I did not know that or wow this is something really cool yeah there's something um that it actually and i've seen it in in kind of trailers so i'm not going to really give it away um by by talking about it but two very famous music producers uh jimmy jam and terry lewis um, amazing. Of course, they're known for their breakout album with Janet Jackson, um, Control, and and leading into her next album, uh, which was what's amazing. Was it Rhythm um, Nation? Rhythm Nation. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's yes. one of my favorites. Man. Yeah, one of my favorites. Uh, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, behind all up in that, behind that, um, did some amazing work. Anyway, so what what I wanted to get to the point was um, in the documentary, Mr. Avant talks about his mentoring Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis when they were first starting out in their music production. And one of the key things is he brought them into a room and said, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm working with the SOS band um, that they were signed to his label. He said, I want you to produce for them. Tell me what you need. And, you know, they're they're excited. They, they know who Mr. Avant is. They're excited to be involved in a project and they throw out a number. Um, and Mr. Avant stops them in their tracks and says, you know what? You're not asking for enough. You're, you're more talented than that. So here's what I'm going to give you. So attitude like that, I mean, that's so that's so missing in today's world where folks are trying to get deals. Folks are trying to, you know, get the best discount they can. And you have this one man 
who has this power and it kind of stops you in your tracks and says, you know what? You are worth more. I want you to know that you're worth more. So I'm going to give you more. And I want you to ask for more the next time you're in this situation. That was an amazing takeaway for me. Um, just tells me the kind of person he was or that's is. A, yeah. That's a great lesson. I, I think one of the things that we want to impart for anyone, anyone listening that is a, an aspiring musician or is in some sort of business, no matter what you're doing, don't, sell yourself short if you're good at something aim for the moon ask for a million dollars because guess yeah. what you might get it one <laughs> yeah but if but if you don't you'll get less than that and you know what people if they see your worth they're going to try to keep you what you know not just in the music industry which is prevalent right now selling yourself short is something that we've kind of pounded into people because it seems like no matter what, they're always saying, well, there's somebody behind the door waiting. Absolutely. That's kind of how, how they sell it to you, right? Well, if you don't take this number, well, you know, so-and-so behind you is going to take it, and you, you sell yourself short. So that's a great lesson right there. Uh, you know, I'm going to share, I'm not going to go into too many details, but I'm going to share something that I didn't know only because I was surprised at the person involved in this particular part of the documentary, and it was Dick Clark, who I love dearly. I, Dick Clark, of course, was uh, the main host of American Bandstand, which was uh, the show for music and culture in America. Absolutely. And everything, <laughs> R&B, pop, I mean, they, they broke huge acts and huge records. He gets a yeah, lot of kudos, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If it was hot, it was on American Bandstand. And there was a moment there when, of course... Soul Train, which was the essence of black culture. You know, you're talking about if it was black music, if it was the the products, if it was the dance moves, whatever it was, that was on it was on Soul Train and it was blowing up. Yeah. Dick Clark wanted to create a a competitive show as an alternative to that. And they knew that they needed somebody to co-sign. For it to get big. Obviously, you can't have a show catering to a black audience without some black people saying this is a show worth right. watching. Right. Giving their stamp of approval. Yep. And it was Mr. Avant who they asked to give that seal of approval. I won't let you know what the rest of the story, how the rest of the story goes, but that tells you the power <laughs> of of Clarence. It, it tells you that this guy wasn't an agent. He wasn't. He was. He was not a singer. He was not a producer. He was, he was a he was powerful, and it yeah. was just that's how much power he had. You know, Dick Clark couldn't get anything done without Mr. Avant, and that was that, that really impressed me. One thing that I learned about life is that I never allowed. You know, I left home when I was 16 years old, and I left. I never allowed anybody telling me what I couldn't do. I just decided, well, shit, man, you know, and I just started to try. I, I mean, you know, try this. You keep going, you hit something. I mean, and his influence, uh, you know, ran the spectrum, not only in music, but we're talking about movies. We're talking about famous athletes, even influencing presidents, which 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 I found amazing. So, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big sitting. You have to sit down and kind of really kind of, 
you know, go through it, but uh, it's it's worth it. You know, just the, the amazing stories behind, and, and you'd be surprised about what he was involved in, what projects he was involved in, what tours um, he was backing, uh, you know, what artists did he work and manage, and at one point, you know, he, he uh, you know, started a couple of record labels uh, of the first black-owned radio station. I mean, it goes on and on. I don't want to give too much detail. I'm excited about it because I, I want you to, to check it out, um, but it is amazing. Yeah, and one of the things that Mr. Avant did that I think we all need to realize in general is he took some big risks. And oh, yeah. and he was very confident about getting in that room or getting to that place without really knowing what the result might be. Sometimes we get stuck, and, th- and this goes for me tenfold. I don't like taking risks. I'm not a huge risk taker unless I feel that I'm kind of ready for it. Yeah, but every once in a while, you gotta just jump in with both your feet. You know, if you have the ability, you can jump in there and try something. You know, well, look, and then, look, look what we're doing now. I mean, it's a podcast is not something that's uh that's you know particularly easy to do. There's some risk. You know, are people gonna listen? Are you gonna have enough stuff to talk about? Are you uh, are you gonna have an audience that's uh, that's supportive? You know, those are all questions that linger in the back of your mind. But if you believe in yourself, you believe in your skill set, you believe in what you bring to the table. Hey, jump in. Yeah. So if there's a project that you are looking to work on, or at least try or attempt, it's it's definitely worth your while to at least you know do some research. Obviously, you want to know what you're doing, but you gotta jump in. You know, I I always tell a lot of people that the hardest part to almost anything is the beginning, just starting the process, getting into it. Once you jump in and you get, you take your lumps, you'll figure things out. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And and Clarence is, is a proponent of that because he was jumping into projects, not really knowing much about it. The guy only had about a ninth grade education. Yeah. 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 And he talked so, about uh, not only jumping into things, you know, he, he would say, listen, you know, Hey, I don't know anything about this particular you know industry you know why 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 am i going in there and and uh and negotiating a contract for for this artist i, I don't even know their you know, like their music or or know what they do i mean he he's he's that kind of power where he walks in a room and people listen you know and and he made some valuable contributions to the culture and i think that's one of the biggest takeaways that he was very pro-black he was pro-black music black artistry uh he wanted folks to succeed, you know, and not necessarily him getting paid to do that, but that was part of his DNA. He just wanted you to be successful. And that that was an amazing uh, part of that story. Yeah. And, and I truly believe that folks are you don't you don't learn that you don't learn that in school. You don't really you can't read a book to get that kind of feeling. I think you're really born with it. You, you really have to have it inside of you. To have that ability to say, I can make you better. I can push you. You know, uh, folks who do coaching and things like that, you can be as talented as anything in the world. But that motivating factor, that's in you. Yeah. That's the, you can't you can't get that in a book. You can't you can't quantify that. You can't make that an analytic. Getting people to do their best is very very hard to find in people. And, and Clarence had that. And you mentioned earlier, Lewis, that politicians, presidents, and folks who were politically connected reached out to Clarence. And I thought that that was very interesting because it shows you the power of his ability 
to get people to work together, to network, and to make people do things. Right. <laughs> you know, that's a politician's job 24-7, right? <laughs> they, they, <laughs> yep. You know, they, their job is to, is to work with a bunch of people in the room and make something work. And some folks have that. You know, if you look at somebody like Bill Clinton or Obama, you know, they have that charisma, even uh, our current president. Uh, if you're wondering what year is this, it's the year 2019. So you can Google who the president is at the time. But there is something there. And right. some of these folks just, they need that. And I'm telling you, Clarence, even in these interviews, I mean, he's uh, at this point 88 years old now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and he still has that, like, that just pizzazz, that finesse. Quick. Yeah. Curse uh, you out in a second. <laughs> easily. You know, and. <laughs> And he has some really interesting mantras, but sometimes I see it almost like it's it's a wall that he's putting up. You know, yeah. there were moments when he was talking about, you know, hey, look, look life is all about money. Things are just about numbers. But yeah. he, a lot of that is kind of the way he was brought up. I mean, if you think about it, Mr. Glazer, who was the person that kind of mentored him and managed some really great musicians, uh, Back from, who he who he who he had great admiration for. I mean, you can you you can just tell. Yeah, I mean, I mean Glazer managed folks from the until his death uh, in 1972. But I mean, we're talking about uh, right after what was uh, the end of prohibition. You know, he was he dealt with some pretty interesting guys. I mean, Glazer's manager managed Al Capone. So come on, it gives you an idea of what kind of guy this guy is. <laughs> yep. And for him to take Clarence on and say, "I see something in you. You see how it's kind of passed down." Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and yeah. I'm sure, like you said, the way that Clarence saw Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, and then the way they were able to pass that on to folks like Babyface, etc. It's it's a L way. L Reed, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a way to to pay it forward. That's important. Absolutely, bingo. That's it. And I don't know, Lewis. I mean, you you are very heavily involved in the music industry, and how, do you see any of that? Pay it forward, kind of ability. Uh, were there folks that kind of sat you down and you were trying to get things done and said, "Hey, man, let, let me. I like you. Let me teach you a few things." How, how was that? You know, how was that? Yeah, one guy that comes to mind that that I've been talking to over the years, and he's because he's based out of here. He's a music engineer named Bruce Swedeen. Bruce is most famous for he is the recording engineer for Michael Jackson's album Thriller. So he's very old guy. He's like crossing almost into his nineties at this point. Um, if you look up any documentaries on Michael Jackson on the making of the album Thriller, um, you'll find Bruce Sweetin. He worked hand in hand with Quincy Jones on engineering that masterpiece of an album. Anyway, long story short, he's based out of Claremont, Florida, which is not far from me. And I have a mutual friend. Um, so I had, I had an opportunity to meet Bruce and talk to Bruce and kind of get his wisdom. And, and he's he's of the age. He's old school. Right. So he he's he grew up in the analog world um, and analog world basically is, you know, back in the days in recording studios where they had knobs and 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 buttons and they listened to music and they mixed it manually um, as opposed to doing it on a computer screen. So he's very old school. And, and one of the big key advices he's always said is listen to the music. Don't focus on the waves that you see on the screen or if you're in Pro Tools or if you're in Logic. He said, close your eyes, shut those screens off and listen to the music and the music will tell you what you need to do. And I've taken that piece of advice 
to heart. Every time I'm at the very end, tail end of a mix project and I'm mixing a record, I turn off the screens. I don't look at what I'm seeing on the screen and I just listen quietly in my ears and just listen for every little thing and you'll be amazed at what you can hear when you focus that way. That's one of the cool stories that I, I can share with, you know, folks who are kind of, you know, in that mentoring state and kind of mentor you and want you to be successful. But, uh, you know, I, I would think that the younger guys, guys in the game now, probably my age, you know, I think we're stuck in, you know, the fast paced environment of music and not necessarily taking the time to slow things down and understand why groups like the Beatles and Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five, why they were so successful on, on the level they were, because they approached music differently. They had folks around them who approached music differently, who who really dissected what you're hearing so that you understand sound and not just visualize um, and think you see sound. If, that, if, that, if that's hard to understand, I'm, I apologize, but that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting into my music thing. Uh, but yeah, that's he, he's been a big influence uh, in, in how I approach music. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been noticing a lot specifically is where we get older is there seems to be an idea that we are still in competition with each other. You know, if you look at I'm going back to Clarence a little bit, there was a moment there where his philosophy and the philosophy of somebody like Quincy Jones and some of these other great producers and entrepreneurs, they want everybody to eat. It was like, if I ate and I'm full, I'm going to give some to everyone. I'm going to pass it right. down. Right. Absolutely. And it seems like in today's age, we just want to keep eating. We do not want to share the plate. And that can hurt the mentorship ability of someone who has a lot of talent. You, you, you know, I feel like I have a lot to offer and I want to be able to share that. And I've always been the kind of person that I don't mind sharing in my success. If I know how to do something and you want to jump in and learn how to do it and you do it better than me, great. Because you want to keep that going. And hopefully that person takes that and passes it down. We're not getting enough of that, in my opinion, in today's age. If you just want to keep eating and eating or we're just everybody's trying to pick off the same plate while somebody's out there enjoying themselves. It's it's difficult to see that a little bit. And, you know, when it comes to music, I love listening to all kinds of music because it, it takes me back to being able to appreciate everything you know if i'm listening to a specific genre too much you feel like you're trapped in that genre so sometimes i take a break and i say okay i had enough of dance let me go and listen to some r&b for a second or let me listen to something out of the i mean i just listened to tame impala the other day which is like really psychedelic kind of dancey weird stuff he's from australia okay and i was like oh my god i'm i'm first of all it felt like you're getting high listening to it just from the way the sound is <laughs> but at the same time it it gave me ideas. I'm like, oh, if I, what if I do something with this and put it at 120 BPM? Or what if I take those lyrics and do that with, you know, that's what I want to see. Kind of that sharing ability. Clarence was really good at that. Uh, going back to the Black Godfather. I really like that nickname, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I was thinking in my head, who's the Dominican Godfather? Like, I want to know who's the... <laughs> Uh, I'd say Anthony Santos, the bachatero, maybe, or Osito mm. Mateo. You know, if you don't know those names, go Google them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we need more folks like 
Clarence, you know, and they're usually out there, but they're in the background. I'm glad that they really paid some good homage with this documentary. It's it's important to know about folks like this. And yeah, uh, yeah. And, and everything that he was behind and, and that he made happen in the back end that that uh that you'll be surprised about. You know, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, it's definitely worth sitting down and, and kind of, you know, taking this in. I mean, understanding the, the power of of mentorship, the power of influence. And, and, and like he would say, you know, you uh, life is about numbers. You come in with one and you leave with one. And uh, <laughs> which is very true. But uh, amazing story. And not only for him, but, but the legacy he's left behind for his son and his daughter who are kind of taking up the mantle and doing some of the same type of work that he started. So uh, definitely uh, check that out. Music, books, podcasts, articles, just the good stuff. From their library to yours. Musically Speaking recommends. I want to make a quick recommendation. Going back to the whole discussion about knowing your worth and whether you're in any kind of business, whether you're in music, you're an artist, you're an actor, you're a screenwriter, whatever it is that you're passionate about and you're looking to you know, be an entrepreneur and start your own business, there's a great PDF book that I would like to recommend you check out. It's called Breaking the Time Barrier, How to Unlock Your True Earning Potential, authored by Mike McDermott and Mr. Donald Cowper. We'll leave a link. Uh, it's a free PDF, uh, so we'll leave a link on the show notes. Great book. It's about an hour read, and it really gives you some insight on knowing how to to price to price your your service or your products to to understand uh, what your worth is and that it's okay and that you should be asking for what you're worth and uh, and never you know setting yourself short. So it's a great book. Again, we'll leave the information on the show notes so you can check it out. Yes, and for those who have yet to check out the website, www.musicallyspeakingpodcast.com. Show notes, links to other great stuff on there. Our Twitter feed is there as well. Uh, show us some love and all the links to all the ways you can listen to our podcast are on there as well. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us. No doubt. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to Musically Speaking with your hosts, Lewis and Pedro. Be sure to visit.